caught me looking at my phone. How is everybody doing? This is Mike Banner, and today is Monday, and we are back for the next episode of 62 Who Knew. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we're not repeating a show, but we are repeating a topic from three weeks ago uh, because you, the audience, um, had such an incredible um, reaction to it. In fact, we broke our viewership record. But we, before we get to tonight's guest, uh, as always, I want to uh, bring the new people up to date. Our viewership is growing and growing, so I want to do just a quick little synopsis of what 62 Who Knew is. And what 62 Who Knew is, is a look at the double-edged sword, or even if you wish, the mixed blessing of longer lifespans. As we all approach 62, we all pretty much have the same thoughts, uh, except for the top 1% of the country that has no financial worries whatsoever. But the rest of us, even people that do well in life, all have the same thoughts. Should we take our Social Security at 62, or should we defer it? Do we still need life insurance? Is it too late to get life insurance? Should I have already gotten long-term care? Is it too late for that? I really wanted to get my house paid off. Should I look into a reverse mortgage? When do I get that Medicare supplement that I've always read about? At 65, by the way. But we all have the same questions. You want to know what? I had those questions. Our fathers had those questions. Their fathers had the same questions. But my generation, the baby boomer generation, I'll be 63 in a couple of months, we have one different hurdle to overcome, one obstacle to overcome, and that is longer lifespans. Because according to the AMA, the American Medical Association, if you live to be in your early 60s, just live to be in your early 60s, notice I didn't say be in great health, the odds are 50-50 that you're going to make it into your 90s. You have to think about that, 30 more years. That's actually half the time you've been on this planet. You're in your early 60s. You have a 50-50 shot of making it through another 30 years. And with medical breakthroughs, scientific technology, new things that are happening, that very well could be in the hundreds in our lifetime. So what this show is about is every day, or I should say every week, brings on different guests to empower these people to make it those 30 years, because who knew they had half the time left that they still been on this planet, to make it through those 30 years with quality and with dignity. So we bring on people to talk about long-term care insurance, life insurance, Medicare, Medicare supplements, uh, reverse mortgages, regular mortgages, uh, Medicaid, vacations, health, humor, travel. We do so much on the show, and it's all based towards that baby boomer. Now, three weeks ago, I had an obligation, and one of our favorite regular guests, Mr. Steven Sless, a well-known, uh, probably one of the best and well-known national reverse ex uh, mortgage experts that has been a guest and a regular on here many, many times, uh, he took over as my guest host. And he had an incredible couple of guests, and he brought up a topic that we had never, ever done in a 100 shows on the air. And that is the topic 
of silver divorce or gray divorce. In other words, divorce for boomers. And unfortunately, like many other sad things in this country, gray divorce statistics are on the rise. So it was uh, incredible uh, to have Stephen guest host for me. He was my Jay Leno. The young people listening, if there are any young people listening, have no idea what that reference means, but the rest of us do. And he had on a very brilliant uh, uh, financial planner with a national reputation by the name of Jamie Hopkins. Jamie couldn't join us again tonight, but he also had one of the national experts on grade diverse, Miss Nancy Hetrick. And uh, Nancy has a very, very good background. I'm going to have to read it. Um, we, uh, as a certified divorce financial analysis, mediator, and forensic specialist, Nancy assists divorce clients with crafting a creative out-of-court settlement agreement in a kinder, more gentle, more gentle? When you're a TV host, you get to make up your own words. More gentle, affordable process. Uh, she has over 20 years' experience in both the investment and management and financial planning industry. Um, I will tell you that I have had two divorces. You've heard me fool around about it. Um, one was not very friendly. The second was, was very friendly. Um, but it's unfortunate that statistics, that when you get this age, divorce rates are going up. And it can be very complicated. And we're going to uh, listen to these two experts. And John, if you would, Without further ado, let's bring on Stephen and Nancy. How are you guys doing? Doing fantastic. How are you? I'm so happy to be back. We are so happy Thanks. to have you back with and so quickly. Great to have you back, Johnny Carson. Yeah, thank you, Jay. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, could be worse. I'd be, uh, yeah, but yeah, like I said, can you imagine people in their 20s and 30s going, "Who's Jay Leno? Who's Johnny Carson?" That's <laughs> almost sad. So, well, first, before we get going, I've already thanked Stephen on the phone. I've thanked him on LinkedIn. I've thanked him on Facebook. Thank you so much uh, for doing what you did uh, that Monday because it really was a, it was a doctor's appointment and I had to be there. Thank you so much for being uh, the guest host and both of you. The show was incredible. Uh, this was the first week that we ever broke a hundred thousand people, a hundred thousand viewers, and that is just unbelievable. I have been trying to break that mark for the last few months, and I'm just so damn happy you did it when I wasn't here, Stephen. I really appreciate that. It's uh, it's not like it makes me feel bad. <laughs> no. Hey, this is uh, this is your baby that you built. I was just honored and privileged to be able to step in and, and fill your big shoes for a week. And I mean, how lucky was I to have two amazing guests and Nancy uh, and Jamie Hopkins. I mean, yeah. all, I really just was able to sit back and, and listen to the two of them go at it. And the wealth and the knowledge uh, that just poured out of them during that, that show was just incredible. So yeah. thank you, Nancy, for making it uh, very easy to fill in for the big, uh, the big shoes of Mr. Banner here. Yeah. Uh, you're, anything I can do to help, Steve. Well, and I hope, and I hope if Jamie's <laughs> listening, I hope Jamie will be back one day soon because he's incredible. All right. Well, you know, it's uh, there's so many sad things going on in this great country of Oz. Um, I don't want to dwell on that, but there is. 
But divorce rate being on the rise, you know, in my age bracket um, is sad. Uh, there's no way to get around it, Nancy. And, and I know that you went over this uh, once, but I'm going to ask you quickly uh, just one more time because it's always my first question. How did you get into this? Yeah. Well, you know, like so many people who end up in helping jobs, it's because of our own experiences. Mm -hmm. You know, I went through my own less than optimal divorce in 2007. Less than optical. Very Less than optimal. Yes, for sure. Very nice. Less than optical. And learned a lot about the process and realized that it was a really messed up process and that all of the support that I wanted and needed, I couldn't find. And, and so then shortly thereafter, I learned about this credential certified divorce financial analyst. And I thought, wow, I would really like to be part of the solution instead of part of the problem. And, and I I have to though, Mike, I got to challenge what you said about, this being one of those sad things, because I'm going to, I'm going to challenge that. I'm actually a believer that every single one of us should be with a person who lights up our world. And when you come in that door, somebody should be so happy to see you. And if you don't have that, then I think that divorce is often better for both people because i guarantee you if one person is not happy the other person is not truly happy either and so you know i i wrote a book um divorce is not for dummies how to cover your assets and i dedicated it to my mom who was a victim of domestic violence for 45 years i'm so sorry because she was too afraid to leave so i don't think divorce has to always be sad i think it can be a time of empowerment and true transformation. And I think the reason the numbers are going up so dramatically for boomers is because we know we might have 30 more years. And we're in this stage of life where people are choosing to age differently. I, I had a couple that I worked with one time that was 72 and 74, getting a divorce after 48 years of marriage. And a lot of people hear that and think, oh, my goodness, well, why in the world would you bother? Well, the wife was a retired nurse, and she, and she looked like she was 52. Mm-hmm. And she spoke with me, and she said, well, I do still work part-time a little bit doing insurance physicals. And I said, oh, well, how many hours a week do you do that? Oh, 35. <laughs> so she's out there working virtually full time. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, except on Thursdays, because I do jazzercise on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so mentally, she was a kid. Oh, and by the way, every other Saturday went to care for her mother, who was 97 and still oh living independently. God. Yes. And her husband had been retired for what, probably eight, nine years. Mm-hmm. And he decided he was an old man and he would sit and watch television all day and he would sleep and he would take a nap. So he was living his grandparents' retirement and she was living the new retirement that's completely different for boomers. There's a mismatch there. While they may have been perfectly suited when they were young and raising a family, they've, they've evolved apart. 
And now both of them are going to be happier if they have a different situation. You know, I'm glad you challenged me because uh, I, I agree. I absolutely agree. I'd rather see two happy people separated, not together, than, quite frankly, two miserable or two unhappy people. You're right. I, I, uh, I stand corrected. Stephen, what do you think about that? I think people are deciding, as well, boomers are deciding to retire better, right? They're, they're deciding that, like to Nancy's point, they have this whole life in front of them, perhaps 20, 25, 30 or more years. They want to do things differently than their parents or grandparents, right? They, they, it is a younger mindset. It's, it's more active generation. Uh, there's a lot of medical advances. People are feeling better. They're acting better. They're looking better, right? There's a lot of cosmetic uh, improvements that you can make if you uh, if you choose to. And it's just a very different mindset today than there was when I got into the business of working in the in the arena of helping baby boomers and seniors, where it was more of the, like this like the husband in Nancy's story. Retirement used to be that, right? You you worked hard for for so many years, you retired, and then you sat home on the couch all day. That's not this baby boomer generation. This baby boomer generation is very active. They're very into their health. They're very into their looks. And look, at the end of the day, to each their own, whatever makes them happy makes them happy. And if that's not the spouse that they're with, and we're seeing this at a very high rate, Nancy alluded to, you know, she's seeing it. She's on the front lines of it. We're seeing it because the reverse mortgage is a financial tool that is allowing more of these couples that are divorcing later in life to divorce more amicably, yeah. right? Without one or the other holding the short end of the stick. What I've noticed about, and which is which is pretty encouraging about the seniors that we're working with that are getting divorced, these are amicable divorces, right? These are folks that have been married for 30, 40 years. Right? They, they care deeply about one another. They just like Nancy said, they just grew apart, but they want to make sure that the other one is taken care of. And that makes for a collaborative divorce to be actually pretty easy. And I can see why Nancy's thriving and very busy in her business. You know, I talk to a lot of attorneys that do revert, uh, that do divorce as well. And, and they agree. They're seeing this as well, where people don't want to argue. Right? It, it's not it's not the what you would think divorce would be, where you have these two angry couple, you know, th- these angry individuals and and. They, they don't care about the other, and it's just this big contentious negotiation. It's not the case these days, uh, and it's important for them to understand their options to be able to have a fair, equitable, and amicable divorce. Well, let's face it. I, uh, Nancy, I think, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. You know, one of the things that younger couples, I know it helps create divorce, but one of the things they argue about is money, is child support, who's getting custody of the children. Let's face it, if you're in your 50s and 60s, or 70s, hopefully you're a little stable than you were younger when you were younger financially. So maybe there's not so much argument about splitting the assets. I don't think we have to worry about uh, uh, who's getting custody of the children when they're in their 30s. Um, yeah, so it, it should be more amicable. It really should. Well, and, and right, we're not talking about custody of the kids. Instead, we're talking about maintaining a relationship that will allow them to go to weddings Mm -hmm. and visit grandkids all at the same time. And, and one of the things I tell them is, look, I'm, I'm trying to help you be the best divorced family you can be because you're always going to be a family. Nothing's Mm going to change that. And so there's often Mike, not arguments about how to split assets, 
but confusion mm -hmm. on how to split assets. Because one of the things is, boy, when you have a, a, a marriage that has been that long, you have a lot of financial complexity going on. And so there's often just a real challenge on how to unwind it in the smartest way so we don't give more money to Uncle Sam that, than we should. Yes. And so that we're both going to be set up to have some semblance of the retirement that we envisioned when we planned it together. Because obviously, the same money that was going to support a retirement household now has to support two. So there's definitely some changes that have Absolutely. to be considered. And, and those are the kinds of things that we really help them with from the planning side. And as Stephen said, the reverse mortgage can be a perfect tool to let them both stay in, in a similarly sized and, and valued home mm -hmm. without having to be saddled with mortgage payments. And so that's been a really important solution. And one of the things we mentioned uh, before the show came on uh, was in this age bracket, when it comes to your will, or your trust, or your estate, it's not only possible that there's two sets of children, you know, one from the first wife and first husband, mine and yours, but it's even possible there could be children from this marriage, so it's mine, yours, and ours. There could be three sets right. of children, and that makes the estate planning kind of complicated. It does, and, and beneficiary designations and, and remarrying again. And so one of the things that's really interesting about the boomer generation is they actually are also the first generation of divorce so that often when I'm working with people in their 60s and 70s getting a divorce, it is a second or third marriage. Right. So one of the extra complexities that comes in is weeding out separate property. So now I've got a couple that maybe got married in their early 40s and they each had 401k accounts established, which are separate property. Right. And they continued to contribute to them for the next 15 years during the marriage. Now they're splitting up. Well, depending on what state you're in, the growth on that original separate property is also separate property. And now I got stuff all mixed and mingled together. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things as a forensic, I help people unwind. And we do a, a tracing on it. It's, a, it's an Excel spreadsheet made from heaven <laughs> <laughs> an excel spreadsheet made from all heaven. my engineer geeks out there yes. but uh yeah so we can unwind all that and bring clarity to a situation where the couple might be like wow how the heck do we deal with that you know so that's where we can really be give them some good guidance but there's a lot to really think about you know vacation homes oh my gosh the bane of my existence timeshares yeah they're the worst yeah right, well uh, you know steven anything I need some Excel spreadsheets from heaven. Me too. My, my, just, yeah, my, mine are from a uh, another place, but yeah. <laughs> no, I you know look, I think it's the baby boomers that are going through divorce, at least in in our experience, because that's the only you know I can only speak from our experience. They're confused. They, they've 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 only known growing together and and joint bank accounts and you know uh, titles of the home being in both names and i think they need more than more than anything they need a friend they need somebody to be by their side they need somebody that has their best interest in mind uh, and 
a lot of the times, and, and nothing against divorce attorneys, but a lot of the times it's not the attorney. The, the, the attorney is going to take a much more aggressive approach in most cases, not always. But if you can figure out the financial end, you'll make the legal end a whole lot more simple. And uh, we're proud to provide a, a great solution in the reverse mortgage that helps to do that. We're very proud that we have a, a partnership with the Institute of Divorce Financial Analysts. Uh, Nancy's certified, uh, her certified divorce financial analyst uh, accreditation is through that um, that organization. We have a partnership with them. We're the only reverse mortgage outfit to have a partnership with that, with that organization because we've identified that the reverse mortgage is a really great solution. It can help play a pivotal part in helping to unravel some of these assets without, like like I mentioned before, one, holding the short end of the stick. Well, when you really think about the potential of one of the mar- one of the people of the marriage keeping the house with a reverse mortgage, having no payments, maybe taking some equity out of that house with a traditional reverse mortgage for the other spouse to purchase a home with a purchased reverse mortgage, to suddenly have two spouses with homes they love and no payment, that's unheard of in a young divorce fact it's impossible unless they're rich and they're paying cash for the house so you know really and truly uh yeah you know, I, I don't want to say that it's uh that doing it this way with a reverse mortgage might actually make some people really look at this and go you know what honey we can do this and not suffer maybe maybe we should stop suffering um again you said something that's so true uh nancy not that i've ever been married long enough uh, to experience this, but I have had friends that had that you say sometimes when people get divorced in their 60s or 70s, they really have been living together, you said, as roommates the last eight, 10 years, not really, you know, as a couple. Uh, I'd love for you to expand on that because I have, you know, I'm in my 60s. I have friends that are doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let's face it, it just, it happens. People, people, either grow together or they grow apart. Mm-hmm. And and I often hear that when I'm working with people going through divorce, that that intimacy left a long time ago. And there's a really fabulous study that was done that where they studied couples getting divorces. And what they've found psychologically is there's a two-year window from the time that someone first thinks they might be headed for divorce until the time they say, that's it, I want a divorce. And if the couple gets therapy when they're at one year, they have about a 75% chance of reconciliation. But if one of the parties has been feeling this way for more than a year, and they're the one that initiates the divorce, then the odds of reconciliation are slim to none. Wow. And unfortunately, most couples wait too long. Yes. They wait too long to start couples counseling. And it's it's fascinating because me and all my colleagues here, I have 16 team members, and we all agree that our marriages are safer because of the work that we do. Oh, yes. Because we, knew the, we know the warning signs. Yeah. And, you know, so what I'll tell all you fabulous boomer couples out there, don't let it go too long. If things, if the fire is starting to, to go to dwindle a little, bring it back, bring it back. Because before you know it, you'll look up and four years will have gone by and all of a sudden you can't get it back. It's so true. So, I mean, 
it's keep so connected with each other and, and make sure that you, you keep those bonds strong. You know, you talk about having that smile, you know, when they walk in the door. Um, you know, the only time I get that smile is on Mondays when Steve pops up on the screen. Just, <laughs> I think there's something wrong. I, I might have to get some counseling. I'm not sure. <laughs> I see that beard. That's called that's called a bromance, Mike. That's a bromance. Oh, thank you. The bromance. Oh, oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it, that's so true. It's so true. And I'm gonna. I, I know that probably you didn't bring this up on the last show because some people think like I do, and some people don't. But I'm gonna have to venture that there's a a very strong connection between a little blue pill and later life divorces. Yeah. Uh, there it is. He the, went there. Oh, did you? Why don't I remember? <laughs> no, that? I, I did. I didn't. I didn't. Oh, who went I said, there? You, I said no, there I, it is. You went. You went there. I, oh, okay. Because well, I, I was wondering. To I was trying to remember if I brought it up last show. I don't I, remember. I, I because watched I, the show. You're, you're absolutely correct. I mean, I we can yeah. now have viable, intimate relationships into our nineties. And so, yes, I'd like one in my sixties. But that's another subject. <laughs> yeah, it's changed things a lot. I and had to. But you know, I you know I'm I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, right? And do you guys are, you might remember this? This was about 12, 13 years ago. It made national news. Sun City is where all the seniors live here, right? Mm-hmm. And we here, had oh, the summer of love when we had all of these Sun City seniors getting arrested for indecent exposure out in the parks. Oh my God. <laughs> national news and it was and it was the viagra story was that was the the story of okay the seniors are awake now (laughs) yeah there is a uh a very large uh what we refer to in the mortgage world as a pud plan unit development in north florida and everybody knows who i'm talking about and i'm not going to mention it because life is too good i've never been sued so i don't want to get sued now never been sued never sued anybody um that um (laughs) It's just staggering. I mean, the average age is, I think, in the 70s, and uh, the amount of cases of STDs beats out any teenager. It's just unbelievable, and I'm happy for them. I really am, Um, but I think that does have a lot to do with people growing apart. Let's put it that way. We actually tried to get a condo approved there a few years back. So we had we had somebody that lived in that community, and I, I won't mention the name of it. Uh, they lived in that community. They reached out. They wanted to take out a reverse mortgage. Well, it was a condominium. Condominiums need to be approved with FHA. So we we reached out to FHA and we attempted to get this condominium approved, and they denied it. It was just a blanket denial. Wow. Like, well, wh- why is that? And and we we did some digging and we did more digging and a lot of due Good. diligence, and it turns out that that community was uh, a senior nudist. It was oh, it was a, it was a nudist oh, community. That's not the colony. That's not the what I'm talking about, though. But yes, okay. It was in Florida. I thought that I thought uh, it may be the same one. No. So it was in Florida, uh, and apparently clothing is clothing is optional there. Yeah, paradise, uh, and that was the reason why they wouldn't approve it. Uh, it didn't meet FHA guidelines. Never what? knew that FHA even had guidelines yes. about that. But they, bottom line, they couldn't get a reverse mortgage because. You can choose to wear clothes there or that not. Is, that is Paradise Lakes. I don't have to worry about being sued <laughs> because they are a clothing optional um, commute pud. And uh, as a young mortgage guy, young mortgage Mike in his uh, 20s, before I knew that you couldn't do any loans there, 
Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA forward in reverse, I got invited there to do a mortgage you know, seminar in their clubhouse. And uh, my first wife went, so you're going to a nudist place to do them. Are you lying? I go, no, it's really a, a, a seminar. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a seminar. Um, and I kept the clothes on. And I will tell you that being in your 20s can have a detrimental effect on going somewhere and seeing hundreds of seniors in the nude. Now, I'm a senior. Gravity is hit. I'm not being disrespectful to anybody. But when you're in your 20s, and somebody in their 70s or 80s walks over and, you know, and they're nude and goes, hi, how are you? You go, yeah, I'm good. I'm pretty good. Thank you very much. I guess they are. I mean, you know, and then I wrote about 30 mortgage applications, no doubt, and then learned the hard way. Couldn't do one of them because of resale, just so you know. Right. That's right. Because right. of resale. Not everybody wants to live there. But it had an effect on my 20-something-year-old mind, I'll tell you that. Oh, I bet it did. Yeah. If, if this show doesn't break the viewership record next week, I don't yeah, know what really. will. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe I should call Viagra as a national sponsor. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for national sponsors. This could be it. There you go. There you go. Set that one right up for you. Boom. Well, tell us a little more, though, Nancy, because, you know, there are friendly divorces, I hope. But sometimes do you still run into very unfriendly divorces, even at that age? Where one oh, person course. wants it and of one course. doesn't, and, and and usually it's over. Well, in fact, I, I'm actually I'm actually working on a case right now where we I am doing the forensics for what's called a marital waste claim, what is that? which means during the marriage, money was being spent on non-community purposes that wife is entitled to reimbursement for, wow. and so we have now. Figured out that since 2015, the girlfriend in Florida, uh, over $500,000 has been spent on an extramarital relationship. And so she's not happy. I don't blame her. <laughs> so now is she and, entitled to that 500 Gs or are we thinking 250 because half? He could do whatever he wants. Yeah. So, and again, this is state by state. Laws are a little different, but basically, yes, you have to think of it as though that money had never left the community, and so if it was back in their bank accounts, she would get half. So, yes, it'd be like the two fifty number. I vote she gets it. I'm telling you, and maybe an right? extra fifty grand penalty for being insulted. <laughs> yeah, I, I, this now, should be an insult penalty. Is, yeah, this is not anything he ever would have voluntarily provided. So in a situation like that, you really don't have any choice but to be working with an attorney and using the legal system and using you know, a forensic like myself, somebody just to prove the things that you need to prove. The courts are there when somebody is dishonest, acting you know, in, in poor judgment or not good faith and just refuses to cooperate, then you don't have any choice but to use the legal system. So you're the forensic accountant professional in this role, but they are Correct. using an attorney. Correct. And so I partner, join the, join the team with the attorney. Um, I'll go do expert witness testimony if necessary, if we end up going to trial. Uh, so yes, so I do, we do advocacy work for people that are litigating, especially for the non-CFO spouse. So, you know, a lot of these marriages, these baby boomer women were still stay at home yes. homemakers. 
And so they delegated that financial responsibility to their spouse. And when you look at losing that, and for the first time in your adult life, now you have to manage your own financial affairs, and you're going to be asked to make all kinds of financial decisions that might seem like reading Chinese to you. Absolutely. You need a financial advocate to help you get educated, make sure that you understand what your future is going to look like, and what are the things that are going to be the most important in those negotiations to ensure that that you are, are in fact going to be okay in that next phase of your life and we we see that all the time not not just in divorce but just in general right i mean and, and it's normally the wife i mean like look in all reality most cases husband dies first right and it's normally the wife that's then left to pit to pay the bills in a lot of cases, these these baby boomers or, or older seniors, you know, in their in their late seventies, eighties, nineties, they they haven't paid bills, right? The husband was normally the one that took care of it. Not in all cases, but we do see a lot of cases like this where the wife's like, "Look, I, I, we have no idea. We don't we don't know uh, how much our you know who to pay this bill to, how much this bill is, uh, and and there's a lot of triage to be done before an effective plan can be made for her to move forward." Yeah. And that's where bringing in somebody like me is so important. And that's become an area I'm really, really passionate about because of what you just mentioned, Stephen, financial planners all over the country. We all know that it's predicted that by 2027, more than half of the investable assets in the United States will be in the hands of women as decision makers mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. they live on average seven years longer than their male counterparts. So as the baby boomers move into move into their 70s, 80s, and beyond. A, a tremendous amount of the United States' investable net worth is going to be in the hands of women. And fascinating to me that less than 10% of financial planners are women. But yet we're inherently really good at it. Mm -hmm. we're, we're really better at reading people. We're, we're, we're great at relationship building. And so, you know, I tell all the, the female financial advisors out there, if you're not niche marketing to women, you're missing the you're boat because the yeah. they want to work with women and there's just not enough of us. So we do a lot on financial education for women That's and incredible. helping those women to, we, we don't like to call it financial coaching. It's financial empowerment. Mm -hmm. And because it, Unfortunately, they feel like they're stupid. They feel they're ashamed about it. Mm -hmm. and, and I keep reassuring them, look, this just was not your job. You that's just right. aren't the CFO of the household. So now it's just time for some education. And that's what we're here for. And what's amazing to me is a lot of people have forgotten that what their job was, raising the children, making sure the children were safe, um, making sure all the things that goes with taking care of a family is so much more of an important job. I know I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. There's a lot of younger women out there that don't understand this. You know, that your mom that stayed home and took care of you, that was a much harder job, a much more important job, uh, a job where if she made too many mistakes, the ramifications could have changed your whole life. Much, much harder to be a great mom than it is to be a lawyer or a financial planner, or run a business. And I know I'm going to get, from my own circle, grief over that, but I think there's a generation of men and women that maybe more than one generation that have actually forgotten most dads can't raise kids. They don't have the patience. 
moms do. And that's the most important job in the world. And I think we've lost that a little. Well, you know, there's an interesting shift, though, that's happening now that I'm really encouraged by with young people. But and it's also concerning. Um, my daughter is an officer in the Navy. And her Please husband her, is a stay at home dad. Mm-hmm. Her husband is a stay at home dad. I and he's home that. with their son, Dante, who's two. And she's actually due to have their second child in August. And he will be the stay at home dad with with them. And so I'm seeing more and more and more young men take on the parenting role. And I think that that's really fabulous. I do. And think. it is rife with 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 risk. So for all you boomers out there with your children, I want you to I want you to really coach them on this. If you have a, a, a anyone, anyone opts to be a stay at home parent before they do that, they need to get a pre a postnup agreement. If they're already married, postnup agreement that says I'm sacrificing this many years building to, that I could be building my career. And if anything happens to us, here's the agreements that we're going to have in place. Because here's the thing about multiple divorces and gray divorce and silver divorce. We no longer view marriage in this country as a lifetime contract. Used to be, if you got a divorce, you had to make the other person whole and pay support for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Many, many states in the, in the country don't even do spousal support anymore at all. Texas being one of them. The vast majority of states in the country only award spousal maintenance on a rehabilitative basis long enough for the recipient spouse to become self-sufficient. But they don't always define what self-sufficient means. Some states it's relative to the marital standard of living. Some states it is not. And I will tell you in Arizona, Mm -hmm. it is not. And so if anyone gives up their ability to earn a living to be a parent, you are no longer legally protected to be compensated for that if you end up getting a divorce. So if you choose to be a stay-at-home parent, you've got to get those agreements in place before you do that. Well, before we go on with anything, please, two things. As a, as a person that had custody of his children, I was a single dad most of my life. First of all, please tell your son-in-law nothing but respect. And your daughter, oh, my God, thank you for her service. Uh, It's because of unbelievable young people like her that we actually get to sit here and do stuff like this. So please, please tell them both nothing but love and respect. Wow. Stephen, you and I have spent umpteen hours trying to figure out how to get all this brilliance that we bring on to the TV show together to make one massive difference in the country because that's what we're trying to do but when you go back to our favorite subject of long-term care insurance how many experts have come on and said look when mom and dad first don't feel good who is usually the one of the spouses that gives up their career to take care of one of them it doesn't even have to be their mom and dad it could be their mother or father-in-law it's the wife now suddenly she's giving up her career She's not contributing to the IRA, to the 401k. It's 15 or 20 years later. Unfortunately, things haven't worked out. And suddenly the dad's 401k has 200 grand in it. And mom's 401k has 19 grand in it. But she spent all that time taking care of his parents. Um, 
Wow. I don't think we're going to see a section of this in Hallmark card stores, but I think post-nups might have to become a staple in this country. I think you're right. I really I, think you're right. Mike. I really Post-nups, cohabitation agreements. I mm. really am worried about Gen Z and millennials. Mm -hmm. So these are the kids of the first generation of divorce. Okay, so these are the kid, first kids of divorce. And so because they're gun shy about marriage, they're not getting married. They're living together. They're having children together. Mm -hmm. They're being stay-at-home parents, and they're not married, which means they have none of the legal protections. Wow. None. And so I have gotten on a bit of a soapbox about cohabitation like agreements. I think that, you know, I think we need to have um, your particular company, business, your endeavor on the website. I think there needs to be a link to it. Um, I just can't tell you, as you were speaking, how many of my friends, not in the last couple of years, but in the last 25 years, would have benefited. I'm not saying one would have been protected and one would have got screwed. Both would have benefited Everyone. from yep. this. And, of course, the children would have benefited unbelievably. Right. Right. Wow. Well, I'm working to do my part. So yes, we are. have a second location now in Indianapolis, and I have put out the call to financial advisors around the country that I teach and train to join us. I, I, we need a national conversation. Yes. And in order to have a national conversation, it's going to take a national brand. And so I'm, I'm working on building a little army. So everyone out here, everyone out there that needs this information is going to know right where to go to find it. And that's that's definitely one of my big goals. Stephen, I know you're already part of her army, but I would love 62 who knew to be part of this army. This is just incredible. Yeah, no, it, it's look, it, it's it comes back to the whole reason that the show even exists. And that's proactive planning. Right. Whether whether it's these setting up these agreements proactively, whether it's, uh, you know, consulting with a financial advisor proactively, making sure that the family's finances are right. For, for the kids, right, un, un, you know, just planning, long-term care insurance, life insurance, it, it all is one big cycle of, of empowerment and education. And, Michael, I mean, you, this, this show is fantastic. I mean, you have 100,000 people when I host. I don't, we'll see how many uh, yeah. tune in tonight. But yeah. 80, 100,000, 120,000 people tuning in every week to, to become empowered and to become educated. And, Look, Nancy, I mean, you know, my, my organization is more than happy to get behind you in, in every way that we can. I mean, we, we've only known each other for a short period of time, but uh, we have really we're on to something really special in our partnership. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know where this goes from here, but there, there there's a need for this. Yes, um, yes. There's a there's a void of this knowledge and a void of this education out there. And, you know, we're 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 the ones that are here and able to provide it. Uh, we're holding uh, the Celeste Group is holding a webinar for certified financial planners on June 16th. And uh, I'll be sharing more on my social media coming up here soon. We're, gonna, we're actually gonna be offering two hours of continuing education for certified financial planners where we're gonna talk to the IDFA organization, the institute that certifies divorce financial analysts uh, about how to use reverse mortgages in retirement planning, how to use reverse mortgages in silver or gray divorce how to use them to fund long-term care or fund life insurance, but you can't have one without the other. That's right. Uh, you know, and this is this, this to have this platform and to be able to get this education out there is fantastic. 
I'm happy to put a link on my website as well. We get a lot of traffic to our website. Um, but but this this partnership uh, and there's more to come. I think has a lot of legs, and and we can we should continue the conversation. Yeah, there's no doubt. We'll talk off camera, Nancy, about I hope how I can help in Florida. But something else just came up, uh, and you know we tend when we talk about <coughs> you know these agreements protecting one spouse, or if they never got married, protecting uh, one of them. Correct me if I'm wrong. Although we lean towards the divorce topic, how about people that are living with each other um, or married, but living with each other, I guess, mostly uh, with no protection, and one of them um, gets killed in a car accident, one of them gets terminal cancer, one of them gets, um, I mean, there's just, one of them dies from COVID-19. We tend not to think about that when we get on that divorce roll. Um, I, uh, I've been divorced twice. I guess you got into it from your first divorce, so you've been once. I won't ask you. Stephen's still blissfully happy. Um, he, you know, but with a beard like that, how can you not be happy? Um, yeah, we won't even go into what makes his wife happy. That um, that's a totally different topic. But this, you've been, you've been trying to go there all show. I know I have. Um, but oh my God, for the married couples again who one of them develop a sickness, a cancer, kidney failure, liver failure, and suddenly the other part is becoming the caretaker. Right. This same, am I exaggerating or this same effect 20 years later is going to happen? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's just, you know, but and that's the whole concept of insurance, right, is this risk mitigation. But as human beings, we're not wired for that. We're not wired to think about possibilities. We're wired to deal with what's happening right now here in front of us today. And so getting people to do estate planning, getting people to do insurance planning, it can be very, very challenging. But like, as you just mentioned, so important. Um, And I want to dispel one other myth around it. I hear from a lot of couples who are under the impression that they're common law married that they've been together long enough that that the law would see them as as common law married. Guess what? Only seven states have common law statutes at all. I had a couple that had lived together monogamously for 32 years in Alaska. Wife was convinced, well, wife was convinced that they were common law married. Mm -hmm. She came home one day and he was gone. And the money was gone, and she found out the house was not in her name, and he took everything. And do you know what legal recourse she had? Don't tell me none. Oh, my God. Absolutely none. They had no legal ties to each other. 32 years. And she's 64 years old and has to start over from zero. Wow. Zero. So common law is not a protection at all. Wow. At all. I did so, not know that. Those are really important. Wow. Uh, it, it's just mind boggling to me. And, you know, I never thought about what you said, which is this is the first generation of divorce mm-hmm. that is now getting d- divorced. And you're right. I don't know if it's right or wrong. Um, my parents were married 56 years. God love them. They were the best. But they stayed together for the children. 
all my old relatives are pretty much gone, so you know, nobody's going to get mad at me. They stayed together. I mean, they loved each other. They did things with each other. They took cruises in their 60s and 70s um, and 80s. Um, were they exactly happy? But that World War II generation, you know, stayed together. And I guess, you know, the younger generations at first, even I looked back and said, yeah, they're getting divorced too quick. They're this, they're that. But I think that statement you made earlier um, just carries tons and tons of validity. People don't look at marriage as a lifetime thing anymore, no. I don't think. I think no. you're right. Well, and part of this is, has come because of the empowerment of women, right? Yes. So if we think about that post-World War II generation, and yeah. there's a fabulous movie with Julia Roberts, and I can't remember the name of it right now, but it was a 1950s women's college. And the only thing you could major in, in if you went to college as a woman, was nursing, teaching, mm -hmm. and etiquette. 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 And, but they had classes on how to get the best husband. So... There was, you know, we, marriage was almost a business relationship, right? The, the, the provider, the wage earner, needed to be able to have a wife that was presentable to the, the co-workers and could host a good dinner party. Mm -hmm. and, and the wife, of course, wanted to be provided for and have a certain lifestyle. Well, again, boomers have been rewriting, rewriting all the rules since the day they were born. <laughs> um, the 70s. And the, the women's movement and the empowerment of women and women joining the workforce. And now the money is going to move into the hands of women have choice. Women don't have, don't need to be married anymore. Where before, boy, if you, you didn't, you what, didn't get married, you're the old maid. You're going to get old and die alone. Yeah. Right. So women are opting now to not, get married anymore mm -hmm. um it's interesting the divorces that we see the men remarry but very quickly the vast majority of the women that divorce over age 50 will be in monogamous relationships after that right but, but they don't get married, married again well, men because need to be, yeah. they don't want to be a caretaker that's right and i was just going to say men need to be taken care of i'm sorry if men get mad at me for saying that men not only need it they like it they want it um and women are getting more and more powerful, which is a great thing. Um, Stephen, you've been quiet too long. Well, you know, we, I'm sitting here and thinking, and, and what Nancy just said is resonating with me. We have a lot of single, older, and when I say older, I mean, you know, over 62. That's our, that's our demographic. These days, it's not really, it's not really old. I mean, mm -hmm. these, these are yeah. young, vibrant people. Um, but they're over 62. And they're they're single, and, and we have a lot of single women. Uh, I think of one in particular. She's one of my favorite clients. She's actually local. So prior to COVID, we closed her loan, and we we spent a lot of time together. I was over her house and did the application there, met with her face to face, having a ball. And this is you know a year ago, mm -hmm. and I'm sure the pandemic changed that. It probably changed a lot of things for her. But she was going out all nights of the week, going to you know different different events, and and. Having the time of her life. She was once married. She got divorced and she said, you know what? I'm never going to do it again. And she's financially independent, took a reverse mortgage to be even more financially independent, mm -hmm. but having a blast, not even thinking about getting remarried. 
Uh, and I think about, do we, do we have as many single men clients? Not even close. That's we don't. Right. Mo, right. mo, mo, I, I can't think of uh, many off the top of my head that are single men <laughs> that, that have worked with us to obtain a reverse mortgage. It's normally uh, man, female, or or independent, single females. So, I, I agree. That's an interesting. I didn't even think of that until Nancy just brought it up. No, I, and, you know, I got to tell you, though, I have I have a lot of empathy for young men today because their role has changed completely and they don't know who to be now. What do women want? And I'm not even sure a lot of women know what they want, where, you know, used to be very clear. You were raised to be the provider and to be strong. Well, I'm, I provide for myself now. Hmm. So what you got for me lately? And I think young men are struggling with that. Young men are struggling with, well, where do I fit in? Mm -hmm. And what does our partnership look like now? And how, how do we bring value to each other in relationship and I, I think the next 50 years are going to be really interesting to see just how how marriage evolves and human relationships evolve when we're more we were more evenly matched now in terms of earning ability and our place in the world if you will and then if you add in quite frankly the different sexuality now um you, mm -hmm. know, you know thank god gay marriage is legal it should have been for yep you know, for the last thousand years. Um, but you have gay marriages, you have all types of different sexuality now. Uh, yeah, I think this next 50 years, I think you're exactly right, is is going to be unbelievably interesting. I think yeah. uh, I'll be gone by then. But I think the marriage, uh, Stephen, you know, is going to turn into like a mortgage. It's going to be like a five-year adjustable. And if <laughs> Or maybe it's maybe a That's ten an incredible year. analogy. Yes, yeah. Or maybe an arm a, an arm marriage. Yes, yes. <laughs> or maybe Option a balloon for renewal every ten years. Right. A balloon, a ten year balloon. That's it. It all comes due. Um, no, no. This has been really and truly fascinating. Um, again, I, I just I can't get it out of my mind that post nuptial um, when you have a divorce, you know, statistic in this nation for at least the last 20 years of more than 50%. Um, you probably have more updated figures than I do, Nancy, but the last figures I looked at were uh, slightly more than 50% for first marriages, slightly more than 70% for second marriages, because that's the rough one. You're bringing young children together. You might be different religions. I'm strict. You're permissive. My kids eat candy. My kids eat fruit. That's a rough one, the second marriage. But I have seen, and that's what gives a guy like me hope, that the third marriage, which is so ridiculous that we're talking about this, has like an 80% chance of lasting forever because you are older and there's no children and there's less to argue about. And, and hopefully both parts of the, of the couple have become empowered and are past a lot of the arguments. It's a mutually beneficial and chosen relationship with no strings attached. Mm -hmm. well, I, I don't even know what one of those are. Well, except for Steve. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I got the best in the world right you now. You do? So. All right. That's fantastic. I'm jealous. And Stephen, you have a great person, too. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we, we don't even have enough time left in the show to get into that. But, uh, yeah. No, that is so good. Incredible. You know what? Let's maybe, if we can, you said you're webinar is the 16th for financial yep. planners and what day is that i think it's a wednesday 
All right. So even though, of course, sure? we'll continue to mention it on the show, you know, for the next six weeks, but let's nine days before that, not, you know, the Monday and a half before that, maybe have a panel show with you and Nancy and Bill Comfort and maybe yeah. a financial planner to discuss your webinar that'll be in, in nine days. Yeah, it'd be great. All I right, let's it. do that. Nancy, thank you so, so, so much. I am going to contact you, uh, you know, this week off camera because I'd love to help you in any way I can, especially here in Florida. Stephen Sless, the man that brings a smile, my bromance guy, thank you so, so much for everything you do, not just for me and 62 Who Knew, but your clients, the reverse mortgage world, and everybody that you touch. Uh, to our audience that is growing and growing, I really hope it grows this week. If my producer says only 12 people watched, I'll have Jewish guilt that you'll never, never end. But we're going to have another great show next week. Thank you, Nancy and Steve. Both of you take care and be safe. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Nancy.